Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 21 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today we're going to pray against the spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel was a very prominent Old Testament character. She was a usurping ruler and false prophet. She was associated with Baal worship. She was the main antagonist of the true prophet Elijah, of whom all other true prophets in scripture would be compared because of his faithfulness and diligence to stand against the demonic power of Jezebel. While this Old Testament story is very insightful from Jezebel's side and very inspiring from Elijah's side, we see her come up again in the book of Revelations when Jesus is telling John the Revelator about the issues that displease him in the churches. In the letter, he lists each church and he lists the things that they do right, but he also lists the things that they do wrong. And in one of the churches, he mentions that they allow this woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, but in actuality is doing nothing more than seducing the people of the church into sin, causing the bride to be unfaithful and become harlots like her. And so we see that Jesus sees Jezebel as more than just an Old Testament character. He sees her as a spirit, as an archetype, as a characteristic that arises in the church even until the end. Therefore, we need to identify the spirit, its characteristics, its tactics, form ourselves with the knowledge of it and begin to pray against it. So today I'm going to give you a quick overview of the characteristics of Jezebel according to the scriptures. Then in the coming days, we will begin to pray against specific characteristics and tactics. It's very important to understand the issues that Jesus is pointing out in the churches in the book of Revelation. Because these are the main issues that will arise in the churches of God until his return. And he is laying a pattern for us to identify. It's so important that at the end of the passage where he identifies all of the different issues, counterfeits, usurpers, and doctrinal deviations that displease him in the churches, he ends it by saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open unto me, I will come in and sup unto him. And we commonly use this passage in reference to salvation. And we tell people, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking. And if you will open the door and let him come in. And it does apply to that. It is an application, but it is not the direct interpretation of what Jesus is saying here, because it is a continuation of the message that he is delivering about the churches. He is saying that many of these churches have some things right, but yet they have this thing wrong, this doctrinal error or this spirit that they allow in their services. And therefore, it's not the door of our heart he's knocking at. It's literally the door of the church because the Bible says that God will not share his glory with another. Therefore, if another spirit has taken residence in your church, then the Holy Spirit will withdraw itself and the counterfeit will take its place. And Jesus is still there longing, desiring to visit with his bride, to come in and sup, to come in and feed us that spiritual food, to bring us that daily bread, to commune with us, to bring the most important thing of all, himself, 
with a holy visitation. He stands at the door and knocks, but he is waiting for his people to kick the Jezebels out, to kick the Balaams out, to kick the Nicolaitans out, to kick all of these other spirits and doctrines out and lift up the true doctrine of Jesus Christ so that he can be with us. Because when he gave us the great commission, he said, go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching everything that I have told you, bring them this gospel, my gospel, the full gospel, and only the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I will be with you even unto the end. He stands at the door and knocks church. He wants to be with us. He wants to walk in, but he will not do it until we clean our churches of these spirits and of these errors because he will not share his glory with another. He stands at the door and knocks. If we read the passage as a whole, we have to take it in context. He's telling us these are the things that are right in the church and these are the things that are wrong. Use the word of God as your discernment and identify it and get it out so that I can enter in. And when I come in, the kingdom comes with me and the power comes with me and the authority comes with me and deliverance and healing and miracle and most importantly of all the salvation of your Lord. So we're going to begin to go through these things, identify them, call them out and cast them out so that the king of glory can enter in. The New Testament says that the stories of the Old Testament are given for our example unto whom the ends of the world have come. Therefore, in order to truly understand the things that are said in the New Testament, oftentimes we have to go back to find the root of it in the Old Testament. This is sometimes called the law of first mention, that when something is mentioned in scripture, you go back to the very first time that it was mentioned to get the deepest and purest revelation of what it meant in the old so that you can bring the right interpretation to what is being said in the new. So though the spirit of Jezebel is mentioned in the New Testament to understand the characteristics of that spirit, we have to go back to where it began in the Old Testament. Many teachings that you will hear on Jezebel are not biblically accurate or they are just surface because many of them just look at her as someone who is walking in a spirit of whoredoms. They think of a seductress. They think of the scantily dressed, attention-seeking woman who is trying to seduce the pastor. And though that can be applied to someone who is operating in a spirit of Jezebel, that is so surface level that you will miss the tactic of the real ones often looking for those surface values. Because the real purpose of Jezebel is that Jezebel is a calling killer. She hunts those with a calling. And I say she because the spirit is identified in the feminine, but it can work through male or female. It is just a spirit. It is a characteristic. So while I may say she a lot because of the origins of her character, understand that this character, this spirit can manifest through men or women. And while I have seen it work through both men and women, I will admit that it is more prevalent in women. And I can say that without any bias because I am a woman. Women, guard yourself. In fact, anyone with a gift in the prophetic ought guard themselves that they not become a Jezebel. Because the operation of a true prophet is to be the mouthpiece of the Lord. You say what the Lord gives you, then you back away and pray. As soon as a person begins to try to control or manipulate or bring about, then they have moved into a spirit of Jezebel. Because you see, in the young woman, Jezebel does operate very much in seduction and whoredoms. But in the mature woman, she operates more through manipulation. 
and her goal is to kill the calling in others. She will hunt those that have great callings on their lives. They may not even realize it yet. Often she comes against the young. But the original Old Testament Jezebel made it her life's mission to kill the priests and the prophets of God and replace them with counterfeits, with the priests and prophets of Baal. You see, Jezebel came in as a queen in Israel, but her background was that her father was a priest of Baal, hence the name Jezebel. She grew up serving and worshipping Ashtoreth, the female counterpart of Baal. And she aspired and desired to be like her, to be worshipped. Yes, she wanted attention. Yes, she wanted notoriety. Yes, she wanted power. Yes, she wanted control. And she was going to gain it by usurping manipulation. You see, Jezebel has no true authority. She walks in the authority that has been relinquished by those who do have authority around her. And rarely does Jezebel ever work from the office of the pulpit. You see, we talked a lot about Leviathan and the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist usurps. He takes over the pulpit. Jezebel rarely works from the pulpit. Jezebel infiltrates the good church who has a true pastor. But she gets so close to leadership. She infiltrates and manipulates through relationship by getting close to leadership. By getting close to the pastor. And I've seen it many a time where there was a person or a family in a church that was causing so much damage and eating up the sheep and running off those who had callings. And you think, why won't they do anything about this? And then you hear, oh, but they're really good friends with the pastor. That's the spirit of Jezebel. Because she works in great flattery, gaining friendship with those who she can use to gain position so that she can walk in the authority that they relinquish because she has none of her own. She was a usurper. It was never her place to rule Israel. She was not a daughter of Israel. She was actually a daughter of Baal. Therefore, she was a daughter of hell. Jezebel was a daughter of the enemy. She worked through divination, through witchcraft. Yet she was placed as a queen and prophet over Israel. Those with this spirit will place themselves in the church walking under assumed authority in the name of the king. But just as Jesus said to the Pharisees when he said, I am from above, but you are from below. You are of your father, the devil. Making it very clear that Jesus knew that these men were not the children of God, but were the children of hell, infiltrating, usurping, and operating by the leading of a demonic spirit. Jezebel's mission in the Old Testament was to hunt and kill the true prophets and priests of God. And people who are influenced by that spirit of Jezebel in the modern church will make it their mission to hunt down, discourage, slander, character kill, and destroy those with a true calling of God. They promote the things that are false, that are not led of the right spirit. They bear false witness. One of the easiest way for the spirit of Jezebel to enter into a ministry is when God tells the pastor or the leadership, no. You see, there was a situation in King Ahab's life where he wanted a vineyard that God had not given him. And because he wanted this, which was not lawful to him, it, it was a vineyard that by inheritance belonged to another man. Therefore, he wanted it, but was told no. So Jezebel stepped in and said, I'll get it for you. And they all ended up with blood on their hands. And in the same manner, many ministers today 
want a vineyard. They see somebody else's ministry. They see something that they desire. They see something on TV or in the media and they say, you know what? I want to look like that. I want to sound like that. I want to have a ministry like that. Or they see a ministry down the street and they say, you know what? I want to expand my ministry into this territory. And the Holy Spirit says, no, it is not lawful for that vineyard was given by inheritance unto Naboth. But then that spirit of Jezebel steps in and tells that pastor, I'll get it for you. And then he begins to come into agreement with that spirit. And she begins to work her lies and manipulations and counterfeit manifestations. And she ends up getting him the vineyard that he so desired. But in doing so, they all end up with blood on their hands. Because people get hurt. They get discouraged. They get turned away. They get hardened. Because the spirit of Jezebel is a murderer. But she doesn't murder the flesh. She murders faith. She murders people spiritually. She will kill your faith and the faith of everyone around you and tarnish God's name in the process to get what she wants. She will turn people away from the faith because she is selfish and she will use whatever means necessary to satisfy her own lust and desires for attention, for gain, for adoration, and for vainglory. She is determined to get her way. The Old Testament Jezebel claimed the king's authority. In fact, in the process of having Nabot killed so that she could steal his vineyard, she character killed Nabot, who truly owned the vineyard. She slandered, lied, gossiped, fractured the people with flattery, turned them against each other. She filled them with hatred, confusion, discord. She was a meddler and she did it all while putting the seal of the king's decree on her words. And those working in this spirit will do the same. They will do everything that they can to kill the person spiritually, to discourage, to run them out of the church, to run them out of the faith altogether. That truly owns the vineyard, that truly has the calling, that truly has the anointing. And in the process of all of her lies, gossip, slanders, seductions, and manipulations, she will do it claiming the king's authority. The Lord said, but she is a liar a meddler, and a manipulator. She steals peace from a congregation. There's a verse in the story of Jezebel when Jehu approaches and they say, is there peace? And he says, there can be no peace as long as thy mother Jezebel lives. When this spirit begins to manifest in a church, it removes the peace. A church is meant to be a family. It's meant to be loving. It's meant to be united. It's meant to be a safe unit of friendship. But where this spirit rises up, it removes the peace. It sets friend against friend, congregation against congregation. People start striving and fighting for position, for attention. They start to work against each other. Envy and contention rises up. There are divisions. There are factions. There are cliques. It is a destructive spirit in the body of Christ. And even in good churches with good pastors, this thing will rise up to tear the congregation apart and to hunt out those who are being raised up to have great and mighty callings, to pluck them up before they bear their fruit. So we need to recognize it. We need to pray hard against it and we need to start dealing with it because Jezebel will work the works of hell anywhere that she is tolerated. 
She gives false words from God, words out of her emotions with an intent to manipulate and achieve an agenda. She might tell you, I had a dream. She might tell you, the Lord said. She might give you a passage in scripture, but she's not doing it by the leading of the spirit. She's doing it with an agenda to manipulate, to convince, to control. And it's usually for the purpose of gain or to turn people against the truly anointed who are the only ones who can see through her and identify her for what she really is. Because she is only exposed by those who have the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah throughout scripture was the spirit of a true prophet. Elijah was selfless, sacrificial, full of faith, a man of fervent prayer. He was righteous in right standing with God. He believed the words of God. He walked in the words of God. He was disciplined. He was a man of fasting. And he was a man backed up by the power and authority of heaven. He stood for the truth of God. Even when the priest of Baal had infiltrated the church of Israel and they stood in the place of the true pastors and prophets, even though at one point he thought he was the only one left, he was still willing to stand and speak the truth. In fact, even John the Baptist was compared to having the spirit of Elijah because of his message, repent, repent. Make your crooked way straight and prepare ye the way of the Lord. Spirit of the true prophet is the one who is crying in the wilderness. Repent. Get back into right standing. Turn away from your sin. Let go of your wickedness. Repent and come back to the Lord. Remember that in Revelations it says that Jezebel's false prophecies seduced the people into sin. But yet Elijah's true prophecies called people to repent from them. Therefore, does she have to character kill the true because she has no real power or anointing to back it up, but yet she only has power where she's tolerated? You see, the power of Elijah to stand against Jezebel was that he called her out. He spoke the word of the living God because she has no authority of her own. She is a usurper. She can only walk in the place of relinquished authority. In fact, Elijah never directly spoke to Jezebel. He spoke to Ahab, who was the true king. But because Ahab was relinquishing authority to Jezebel and allowing her to walk in a place that she was never called to walk and to do things that she was never given authority to do, it was really his sin. It was really his problem. So Elijah always spoke to Ahab because it was Ahab's place to take authority. And so I have to say that as individuals, we are going to pray against this spirit. We're going to learn how to identify it. But in actuality, all that we can do, even those of the truly prophetic, you can pray, you can fast, you can proclamate, you can speak the truth and you can identify the spirit, but it is the pastor's place to deal with it. He has to stop tolerating. He has to stand in his authority to guard the sheep of which he has been given charge over. Just like it was Elijah's place to identify and call out, but yet it was Ahab's place to deal with Jezebel. But because he refused to, God himself eventually stepped in and had to do it. And he did it by replacing 
Ahab. So I give it as a starch warning pastors because there are some good pastors that have people within their congregations that are manipulating and eating the sheep and working through the spirit of divination. And because they don't want to deal with it, because they have gotten close to it, because they have received the flattery or because they have enjoyed the spoils of war when she goes out and takes other people's vineyards and brings them to you. Or just because you're kind-hearted and don't want to have to speak this hard truth. They have allowed Jezebel to remain. That's why Jesus' complaint in the New Testament church was that you have allowed this woman Jezebel. Because she can only work where she is allowed. Again, it can work through a man or a woman. It is a spirit. But those who are allowed to continue to do these things within the church... The guilt ends up falling on the pastor and God will eventually remove and replace. It's a very serious thing. He will not allow her to continuously eat the sheep. So pastors, stop tolerating Jezebel. Stop letting her put blood on your hands. Because every soul that she destroys, every lamb that she devours, every vineyard that she steals under your covering and you have not taken the God-given authority that has been placed on you to deal with it, that blood is piling up on your hands. Those of the spirit of Jezebel will hate Elijah, but flatter Ahab. She will flatter those in authority that can get rid of her, but she will slander and character kill and do everything she can to turn the people against the true prophetic voice that can identify her. Because you understand that a prophet, someone with a true prophetic voice, according to scripture, a biblical prophet cannot be a pastor. They are not the leader. They may have some disciples, but they will not lead a congregation because the true prophet does not move in physical authority. But the pastors and the apostles, they moved in authority over the congregation. You see, it's the prophetic voice that speaks the word of God saying, God says, this is how the ship should be steered. This is how the church should be steered because this is what the Lord is showing me and saying they will be the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit. But it is then up to the pastor to steer the church in the right direction. Anytime someone in the prophetic begins to stand up and take control over the congregation and move in the authority of the pastorship, they're actually moving in a spirit of Jezebel because it was never ordained to be so. According to scripture, there are apostles, there are pastors, there are evangelists, there are teachers, and there are prophets. The prophet's purpose is to be the mouthpiece of God, but God will never control us. He leaves us a choice. Therefore must the prophet speak truth, just like Elijah spoke the truth, but he still left it in Ahab's hands to enforce the truth. So understanding this, those with the true prophetic will identify, will see, will call out, will begin to recognize the false in these people that are working in the spirit of Jezebel, but it is not their place to remove them. It is those in authority, the pastor or even the apostles place to come in and deal with that situation. So pastors stop tolerating Jezebel. Even when she flatters you, even though she's in close relationship with you, even though she's a great friend of the family, even though she's so sweet to your face, yet you see her eating the lambs. When the word of the truly prophetic comes forth, especially something that may identify her as false or her teachings or those who began to preach and truly bring forth the word of truth and repentance, 
She will be quick to run to kill the message and the messenger. She'll do it with twisted words. She'll do it with slander and hatred against the true messenger. And she'll do it in flattery to those in authority who can get rid of her. And I will say that many people who move in a spirit of Jezebel did have at one point in their life a truly prophetic call, but they moved into control and manipulation and allowed themselves to be used by the wrong spirits. Therefore, does God give them time to repent? In fact, the reason that it took so long for God to deal with Jezebel in the first place was because he was giving her time to repent. And in the New Testament, it says when dealing with the spirit of Jezebel in the church, God said, I gave her space to repent, but she would not. So while the true prophet is speaking the words, repent, repent, prepare you the way of the Lord, the Jezebel needs to repent and refuses to. She will always find excuse. She will not humble herself to correction. She will fight against, she will slander, she will flatter, but she will never acknowledge fault and repent. No matter how much she is proven wrong. According to scripture, she brings a curse. And spiritual death upon her children, her own children, those of her own household will eventually be destroyed by her lies and manipulations because they will begin to see the falsity in what she claims to be. And the spiritual children around and underneath her will be killed spiritually also because they will see the double standard. They will see the counterfeit. They will see the hypocrisy. They will see the manipulation. They will see her for the fake that she is and they will lose faith for the real. Therefore, does she kill the children around her? Her words, teachings, and very actions condone or entice others to sin or to disobedience to God's word and will. She wants attention. She wants fame. She wants worship. Again, in the younger, it can come through seduction because seduction is a form of manipulation. But in actuality, it's more about manipulation. And in the older woman who possibly can't work in seduction so effectively, she will use other means. And you'll often see this turning to the, the gossiper, the slanderer, the entertainer. She employs all seven of the characteristics that God hates to get what she wants. In Proverbs 6, verse 16, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. These are very strong words. And you will begin to understand why God is so adamantly against this spirit that in the Bible, eventually he caused Jezebel to be killed and eaten by dogs because she operates in all seven of these things that God hates because it says that these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, the seventh is an abomination unto the Lord. It says a proud look, that is Jezebel, a lying tongue, Jezebel, hands that shed innocent blood, Jezebel, and that applies spiritually also. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, that is Jezebel. In other words, a manipulator. She works with agenda to achieve her goals, but they are wicked imaginations. They are with selfish intent. Feet that be swift to running to mischief. I have seen this in every person that has worked in this spirit. They are quick to run to the problem and make it worse. If there is a little seed that has been planted in a person that is not right, most times it will have been planted by them, but even if it's not, they're running to put fertilizer on it. A false witness that speaketh lies. That is Jezebel. And this is the seventh, which God calls an abomination. He that soweth discord among 
the brethren, spirit of Jezebel. Now, again, Jezebel was portrayed by a woman, and here he's saying he. So I'm telling you that these characteristics can work through a man or a woman, so don't get it confused. But a person working in the spirit of Jezebel will work in these seven things, all of which God hates. A proud look, a lying tongues, hands that shed innocent blood, physically and spiritually, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Because Jezebel is the embodiment of selfishness, but it's hidden under a sweet demeanor and a lot of flattery. And I would also say, pastors, beware that you don't confuse flattery for repentance. Because I've seen it a many a time that when somebody operating in the spirit gets identified, gets called out, their first reaction will be to defend and to lie. But when they come to a place where they know they have been found out, they will turn back to flattery. But you will never hear a true repentance. And so flattery to the pastor is not repentance unto God. Recognize the tactic. A person with the spirit will move in great envy because Jezebel wanted to be that which she was not. Therefore, did she kill the prophets that were true so that she could stand in their place, though she was false. And you will see people rise up in the church that want position. They want pomp. They want to take the place of somebody who truly has a call and an anointing. And they will character kill and slander and begin to work against and bring confusion and distrust for the truth so that they can stand in place of it, though they are false. Recognize the tactic and do not tolerate it. Church, when you hear gossip, do not tolerate it. Shut it down. When you hear slander, do not tolerate it. Shut it down. When you hear someone speaking against another church member or against leadership, do not tolerate it. Shut it down. Turn it to prayer. Be the one who says, I will stop this spirit now. I'm shutting it down. We are going to pray for these people and pray blessings and not cursings. Those with a spirit of Jezebel are not servants at heart. They will only serve if they can serve high, if they can be in a place where they can be seen, where they can gain attention or where they can gain influence over others so that they can destroy the callings in them, but they will never serve low. So if a person won't serve low, they should never be allowed to serve high because they're operating from the wrong spirit. Because those with the Holy Spirit will have a servant's heart because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ himself who made himself a servant, who washed others' feet to be an example unto us and told us to go out and do the same. A person with the Holy Spirit will have a servant's heart. Therefore, ministers do not allow anyone in any position of your ministry unless they have proven themselves to be a servant. If they will serve in the lowly, if they will serve in the unseen, then allow God to tell you when to raise them up. But do not ever put someone in a position where they have influence over others if they've not first been willing to serve others. Because Jezebel wants what is not hers and she will stop at nothing to get it, but she will never serve to earn her way to it. She would rather character kill those who have so that she can walk into the void created once she has spiritually murdered. Just like Nabot's vineyard, it was not hers. She didn't earn it. It was his inheritance by right. It was a land he had worked 
His family had worked for generations. He was a faithful laborer in this vineyard and she wanted it, but she would not go and work to build up her own vineyard. She killed him to take what was not hers so that she could stand in his place in his vineyard because she would not labor to raise up her own. She is a calling killer and a killer of those who have callings. She works with anonymity through relationship, usually from someone close to leadership. You've got to watch pastors. This is your fight to deal with. However, for those in laity who do see the spirit in operation and perhaps your pastor or leadership don't see it yet, you can fight this fight. You fight it with prayer and with fasting and you fight it with speaking the words of truth because your prayers and your fasting can bring exposure to what is happening so that your pastor can then step in and move in the authority to deal with it because they don't always see it. It's hard sometimes to see what is very close to you. But you stepping back, you can see the full picture. You can see what all the pixels come together to show you. So you then can pray and can fast and can war against that power and principality and begin to cause it to be exposed for what it is so that it can be deposed from where it is. And we're going to begin to do that today. It's important to remember that Jezebel moves her in her own strength, will, and decree, but those with a spirit of Elijah moving God's strength, God's will, and God's decree. In fact, even during his fasting, the word says that Elijah went 40 days in the strength of the one piece of bread that God had supplied him. Elijah moves through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jezebel moves through the desires of her own lust and emotions. Jezebel always takes matters into her own hands. Elijah puts everything in God's hands. Therefore, Jezebel is very limited in her power. But Elijah is limitless because of the power that moves through him. So let us pray. God, we thank you for revelation. God, we thank you for the things you're going to show us in the coming days as we begin to identify the specific tactics and pray in war against them, Lord, that our churches might be saved and purified, that the King of glory might enter in. Because Jesus, we don't want you standing outside the door and knocking and saying, I want to come in. I want to show you the glory. I want to move in miracle working power. I want to bring you revelation. I want to give you the very bread of life. I want to give you good, real substance. I want to give you spiritual food so that your spirit is fed. I want to come in and sup with you. I want to break bread, but I'm standing outside and knocking because I will not share my glory with another. And I'm not coming in that church as long as you allow that woman Jezebel to seduce my people. So God, I thank you that you are going to bring exposure. I thank you that you are going to bring authority. I thank you that you are going to raise up a people with the spirit of Elijah who will boldly stand and profess the truth. I thank you that you are going to place men and women of God in leadership, pastors that are going to stand over their church and stand up and say, I'm not tolerating that spirit anymore. I'm not allowing the gossip to come in and tear families apart. I'm not allowing the slander and the hatred and the bitterness and the jealousy and the envy to come in to discourage the young. I'm not allowing you to eat the sheep anymore. 
I'm not allowing you to steal the position and calling and anointing that was placed on that life because you want the platform but you don't want to do the work. You want to be seen, but you don't want to serve. I'm calling it out for what it is in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the spirit of Elijah rise up in the house of God, that people will stand for truth and cry out as one crying in the wilderness, repent, repent, prepare ye the way of the Lord because he is coming back, but he is coming back for a pure and a spotless bride. He is not coming back for a harlot church. He is not coming back for Jezebel. He is coming back for those who have humbled themselves before the mighty hand of God, who have purified their hearts, who have cleansed their hands. Oh, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts that the King of glory might enter in. God, you stand and knock, and I don't want to keep you waiting anymore, but I open myself up to you. And God, we open our church up to you because we will not allow any other to stand in any position of usurped authority because that we have relinquished ours as the church to speak the truth, to be the truth, and to welcome in the very spirit of truth. Therefore, do we cast out every other because God, you will not share your glory, nor should you ever have to. You are perfection. You are all that we need. So we give you praise. We praise the true God of Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, and Moses. Not a God of our own creation. Not one who flatters us like the spirit of Jezebel. Not one who makes us comfortable in our sin or entices others to move therein. But God, we worship you, the God of the word, the God of the scripture, the God of the Old Testament and of the new, the God who can do what only you can do. God, we open up to you and say, come and have your way and dispose every other lover, dispose every other Spirit, dispose every other seduction and lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Expose every manipulation, every manipulative spirit that moves in its own agenda. Lord, that moves for vainglory, that moves to character kill, that moves to destroy those who have great callings on their lives to discourage them, to pluck them up as tender roots before they become mature enough to bear the fruit. Lord, I cast out in the name of Jesus, those that come to destroy God. But we ask that your Holy Spirit come because it comes to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. God, I pray that the blinders fall off now in the name of Jesus and that people begin to understand the power of the spirit of Jezebel and will not tolerate it because she makes herself seem so harmless, but she is so destructive. She destroys those of her own household and turns them against you with her actions and selfishness. She destroys those underneath her and the children that see her lies and manipulation because while she's putting forth a sweet face to the leadership, she's doing damage in the congregation. She's destroying vineyards. She's destroying those who are called to work them. She is doing a work within the church, even in the good churches, Lord, I pray that you expose it so they can purify the house of God, that you might be able to validate the words and works of God within it. Lord, she makes the real look false to the world because she is a hypocrite and a liar. She puts forth one face to leadership and another face to laity. 
And God, I pray that you take the blinders off that we see it in whoever it manifests through, man or woman. And God, we pray for the souls of those people because even you said that you gave the person being used by that spirit time to repent. And though it is so hard to get them to repentance, God, I know that nothing is impossible. You said that it, your arm is not short that you cannot reach. Oh God, but yet when a person chooses to remain in their pride and their arrogance and in their sin, you began to turn a deaf ear to them. And God, I pray that you cleanse the hands of the pastors because your word says that only when a people have pure hearts and clean hands will the king of glory enter in. But so many of our pastors and leadership have bloody hands because they have tolerated those with this spirit in their congregation and all of the blood that is being shed by the Jezebels, the blood is being imparted upon the Ahaz because they have not stood in their authority to deal with it. Every soul that that person discourages, that blood is being counted on the hand of the leadership so that the King of glory cannot come in because we do not have clean hands. God, give us a revelation of the seriousness of allowing this stuff to go on in our churches. God, we've got to stand for the truth. We've got to put our foot down. We've got to preach against sin. We've got to say no more with the lies and the gossip and the middle school drama. No more with the manipulations. No more with the congregation being divided and pitted against each other so that you can steal that friend or that boyfriend or that position. No more causing rivalry so that you can get on the worship team. No more slandering against that teacher so that you can sit over her class, so that you can pour poison into the children. No more usurping those who have been called so that you can step up into their position because you want a little glory. Because the children are seeing it and it is turning away entire generations because they don't see the reflection of the love of Christ in these actions. The kids are seeing the discord and saying this stuff is fake because it's no different than what I see in the world. The kids are seeing the hypocrisy and it is killing the callings on their lives because it is killing their faith in the word of God because they're not seeing a demonstration of it. They're seeing a demonstration against it. So I call it out. I identify it. I curse it at the root. I lay the ax to it in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit to be exposed to be identified, to be cast out, and to not be tolerated anymore in the name of Jesus. Jezebel, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of our churches. We will not allow you to teach the next generation to be selfish, to embrace other lovers spiritually, but we will teach them to be holy, set apart to the Lord God Almighty and Him only will we serve. We will be a pure, spotless, and faithful bride. We will be examples of it to future generations. God, we pray that you open our heart and open our eyes and open our minds that in the coming days as we begin to expose and pray against specific tactics of this spirit, Lord, that you would give us revelation to see it where it is and for what it is. God, we pray that you make us bold against the spirit, but that you give us a heart of brokenness for the people being manipulated by it and that you cause us to cry out for those who have been wounded by it, Lord. God, we humble ourselves before you and we say, search our own hearts, God, that there be no wicked way in me. 
Lord, let us start with ourselves before we move outward and say, God, have I ever moved in manipulation, in gossip, in lies, in slander? Have I ever moved within the church with an agenda for selfish gain or for attention? If so, God, I rebuke that spirit of Jezebel. Pluck it out by the root. I don't want to be manipulated by it. I don't want to stand before you on that great day with blood on my hands. Or as ministers, Lord, have we tolerated those who have done so? Lord, we repent and we pray that you purify our heart and cleanse our hands, O God. Lord, cause us to see it and to stand firmly against it, to not be manipulated by it, and to set our heart and our intent to say that if a person will not serve in the lowly, they shall not serve in the scene in our churches anymore. Because that is how you position Jezebels who have not been commissioned by God, but of by hell. A true servant of the living God with the spirit of Christ on the inside will serve in the lowliest, in the unseen, with no desire for reward, but to be pleasing to the king. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.